0: Someone in red, in he to oh, he's it! From and it goes towards the, goal for him. the This could be the most dramatic story of the season. It's Torres. Oh! To get- Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me today, as always, Matt Hargrove. Hey there. No Logan today. Logan ditched us. Yeah. So uh, we will, uh, he'll be back maybe next week. Um,
1: Logan Logan doesn't like how short I am, and so he yep. He decided he no longer. That's
0: exactly what it was, too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, if he, if he keeps missing episodes though, I think he will get fired. So, uh, so, so far he'll be back next week.
1: That's what he says. (laughs) Um, we're kidding. We miss you, Logan.
0: Uh, some Premier league here. We have two predictions that I want to get your thoughts on as well. And uh a little news article that's related to Tottenham that we'll get to here um so yeah we'll we'll, we'll get all into it uh first thing i just want to plug is on stateside soccer show we just released our episode today that wrapped up the western conference previews with Seattle Sounders we had Jackson Feltz of KJR 950 over in Seattle, he does their pre- and post-match interview, like, pre- and post-match uh, ga- uh, shows on the radio, and uh, Sounders Weekly show on sports radio over there. Um, so, then we are going to be breaking down some Cincinnati. That episode will be released on Wednesday. So, just all I needed to really plug there. Um so let's get, let's get into it here with our Premier League talk. Uh, let's start with the, the, the Tottenham story. So I'm not sure if you heard about this. But uh, Spurs uh, are in the Europa League, and they're up against yeah. Dinamo Zagreb. And uh, their coach just resigned today, just a few hours ago, because their coach, Zoran Mamik was sentenced to four years and eight months in prison for inciting abuse of office, bribery, and aiding and abetting abuse of trust in business.
1: That's a good reason to resign.
0: Mamek and his older brother Zdravko, the club's former CEO, were accused of extracting money from Dinamo through player sales. Uh, So his brother previously fled to Bosnia-Herzegovina, where he holds dual citizenship... Uh and he was sentenced to six and a half years of jail time. Huh. Um <laughs> so apparently his his jail time, I think, is supposed to start later this week. Uh the manager Zoran. But yeah, people don't really know. He might just flee. We're not really sure if he's actually gonna go to jail or not. But I think it's funny that he was actually I think charged with this years ago. And has just been working as a manager <laughs> for the club <laughs> this whole time. Like, I feel like I don't know if I could just go to work every day, like doing my thing. If, if I have this cloud hanging over me like that, I think that's kind of strange.
1: Uh, wh- what do you think? It, Matt? Could you
0: just go about your life acting like everything's fine?
1: Oh, not even close. <laughs> I barely could. I, I always felt guilty every day. I left working in the parks at Disney. And I did something wrong. <laughs> eat away at me till the next day <laughs> let alone committing a felony that causes four years and plus in prison <clears throat> but yeah I, no nah, I, could, I couldn't I could do that that's that's crazy and they're one of the i don't really remember where's uh zagreb is that is it croatia are they i know they're a uh, big name team like they're they're one of the top teams in whatever division they're in but that's like that's gotta be huge for that entire league.
0: Yeah, they're in Croatia.
1: Yep. <clears throat> I think I feel like I Luka Modric played there or something. I can't remember, but no, I couldn't do that. That's that's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Good timing for Tottenham though.
0: Yeah, I mean he, here's the weird thing. He was their manager from twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen. He then went to Al Nasser, Al Ain, and Al Halal. And then this year, in 2020, right, for this season, he came back to Dinamo Zagreb, and he's <laughs> he was already charged for this stuff, I think. Jeez. So I'm not really sure why you would hire him back. That just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: There's a lot of weird stuff happening these days. It doesn't really shock me, especially if they maybe thought, like, he could get out of it.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. So the the decision... He was already, like... Uh, found guilty of it a while ago, but they kept appealing it. So uh, that is why he was able to just be a free man until then. But I just find it so weird that you just go about <laughs> managing <laughs> the team you screwed over, acting like everything's fine. That is just a wild story. Um, so they'll have a new manager when Tottenham plays the second leg uh, against DMO Zagreb. So uh, just something that does affect the Premier League, but. Uh, just an interesting story all around.
1: That could affect them eventually. I think Tottenham have a good shot <clears throat> at winning that Europa League. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I'm not. I, I maybe. I mean, I, I guess I have to look at see who's left still. The, Actually, um, I haven't looked at it. I mean, all. there's some.
1: <laughs> there's still some pretty big teams, but there is a fun scenario that could really mess over the fourth place uh, Premier League team. Is uh, if Tottenham and Liverpool finish outside the top four yet win their respective European competitions, then the top four becomes the top three in the Champions League. And, and yeah, yeah, we, we
0: uh Chelsea screwed over Spurs in that I believe it was Spurs in 2012 when they won uh, the Champions League mm-hmm. <laughs> and automatically <laughs> qualified for it. I think Spurs are the team that missed out. Um, oh yeah, let's see what round are we in now for Europa 16? So we have Ajax over Young Boys, 3-0 so far. Oh, no, they already moved on. All right, yeah, these are done. Arsenal over Olympiacos, Roma over Shakhtar Donetsk, Villarreal over uh, one of the other Dynamo, Dynamo teams. Um, Man U versus Milan. Is- that was a good one is next oh no no okay these are not done all right yeah these are all like ones sorry yeah uh, that was a good the way game, that man. this the way that this is laid out is confusing on here but yeah you have united versus milan uh that can still be going on we have rangers versus uh the 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 Prague team right it was yes, uh, Slavia, Slavia, Prague. Prague.
1: Yep.
0: yeah uh granada over molda so far tottenham already leads over zagreb 2-0 Arsenal beat Olympiacos 3-1. Roma beat Shakhtar 3-0. Dinamo Kiev lost to Villarreal 2-0. Ajax over Young Boys 3-0. So, yeah, I guess Spurs could win it, I guess, right? They move on and, like, who's left? I don't see why not. So let's walk it through. Ajax, let's say they move on because they're winning 3-0. Then you have Villarreal, who's winning 2-0 over Kiev. Let's say they move on. Roma... 3-0, 3-0 they should move on. Arsenal 3-1 should move on. Then a toss up of United or Milan. Rangers should move on. And you have Tottenham moving on and Granada moving on. Yeah, that's a pretty good shot for you'd have 3 out of the 8 English teams.
1: Yeah, I think I it really wouldn't shock me. I know this is probably ahead of where we were going, but I wouldn't be shocked to see both European uh, cups ending with an England team winning
0: be interesting I would really like to see Roma <clears> actually
1: no I'd, I it would definitely be a, I, I would, would love Rangers. to see some of these teams do, I was gonna say Rangers would be fun um AC. honestly it'd be fun to see one of those teams I you know even Ajax you know after they they yeah. had a heartbreak a couple of years ago um but even when you watch some of these games it, it does feel like the Premier League is on like a different level because Liverpool have been incredibly mediocre (laughs) in the premier league yet they not once did it feel like they were getting anywhere near dominated against the second place bundesliga team i know neither game was at home but I, i feel like that means something that that kind of proves something with the premier league compared to some of these other leagues
0: yeah well we'll see i guess um let let's uh let's backtrack a bit to the premier league uh Our last time we spoke, you know, was West Ham beating Leeds 2-0 and Chelsea beating Everton 2-0. Then we had City beat Southampton 5-2. Newcastle draw with Villa 1-1. And then on the weekend, we had Leeds draw with Chelsea 0-0. It's Leeds' third draw of the season. That's it. Uh, They don't usually draw. Uh, They
1: usually
0: usually give up a lot of goals, but yeah, they hold Chelsea to zero goals, which I'm not sure is an accomplishment with the way Chelsea hasn't really been scoring. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, there were some big saves for Mendy as well, or else Chelsea could have walked away with zero points. Uh, So, you know, when we look at Chelsea's stats recently, they're at uh, two... Two wins out of the last five games with three draws. They still really haven't lost, uh, I don't think, since Tuchel took over. But uh, it kind of seems to be reverting almost back to that uh, Frank Lampard-esque play at times where the players just keep deciding to pass it backwards and not really make an attack on there. Pulisic did get his start here against Leeds. Uh, He had some good crosses in the first half but uh, that was about it. He got um,
1: subbed, I think, right? Yeah,
0: about 70 minutes in or so. Um, the, the thing is, uh, you know, everybody's always hyper-focused on, on him, but uh, and he, he had some of the best chances to cross it in and, and uh, could have had some assists, but the team as a whole is just... Uh, not doing so hot on the attack. So it's it's kind of... I mean, like, they have only have two more goals than West Ham. Uh, They're (coughs) the two lowest... Those are the two lowest-scoring teams in the top six is Chelsea and West Ham. So you have City with 64 goals, United with 56, Leicester with 53, Liverpool with 48, then Chelsea with 44, and West Ham with 42. So, uh, So some pretty low scoring there for... Chelsea and West Ham. And in fact, then you have Everton with 40 in seventh place, but then Tottenham has 47 in eighth. So, uh, you know, luckily the Chelsea has had a good defense, uh, or else they could be in much worse shape. Um, you know, the, the defense is something that definitely was shored up when, when Tuchel came in.
1: Now, I'd say the defense has looked really good, but I, I see what you mean when I'm watching them play, even with. Havers has played a little bit better recently, but it just seems like it kind of seems like they can't get the ball into the net, which there's a lot of big games coming up the rest of the season, too. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they play at the end. Um, And most of the teams in the top still have to play each other.
0: Yeah. And something that frustrates me, too, is, you know, I understand that, like, Werner's been better than he has been in the past. But we, when you see people say, like, oh, he you know he does good link-up play at times and he's keeping the ball well, that's not why he was brought in. He was brought no. in to score goals. <laughs> yeah. We spent that's so a- <laughs> much money on him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's fine that he has, like, good link-up play at times, but uh, we also need him to convert some of these chances. Um, Crystal Palace uh, beat West Brom 1-0. Uh, they Everton. creeped their way
1: back up to the uh, they're they're toward the top of the the top half of that table. Palace. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they are up to eleventh. Yeah, so they kind of tinkered around at the bottom. They kind, you know, we're kind of lingering it down at the bottom for a bit, and then kind of shot back up.
1: And kind of the best of a slightly mediocre mid to bottom tier table.
0: Yeah, we had we had Burnley shock Everton with a two one victory. On Saturday, so that keeps Everton in seventh, and Burnley starts to really get some gap there from the bottom teams. So that uh, feels
1: that's very Burnley like. If you yeah. look at their seasons, they like kind of hover down there, and then they toss out a few crazy results at the very end, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they never really were in any danger. They looked good too. I watched that game. Um, honestly, Everton looked. Everton looked bad, or I don't know. Maybe it was just one team looking really bad, one team looking really good. Uh, but they also lost Pickford um, oh. in the game to an injury when he was diving, and they brought in some guy I never even. He wasn't the he wasn't the guy that was playing the Olson
0: earlier. It like yeah. Robin
1: Olson, it was like some young kid, and he made a couple of decent saves, but they were basically just balls hit right at him.
0: Uh, we had. Manchester City beat Fulham 3-0. So uh, Fulham now sits only two points back of Newcastle, even with that loss. But Newcastle has that game in hand. So where it currently sits is Newcastle with 28 points out of 28 games. So they're averaging a point a game now. And mm-hmm. Fulham, 29 games, 26 points. Uh then you have Brighton at 29 points out of 28 games, and Newcastle and Brighton play each other next. So, a really big game coming up for Newcastle and Brighton. <laughs> uh,
1: That's
0: so, that'll, a good that'll be a good one, uh, hopefully. I mean, like a good one in the sense of it'll be interesting. We don't really know if it's going to be quality <laughs> yet.
1: Yeah, the, the bottom table teams when they play each other they tend to have much better games
0: yeah some entertaining yeah yeah the top, yeah. T- the
1: yeah, top, the top teams, teams is
0: nil nil every time uh but we do have so we do have a lot to look forward to coming up here uh burnley is in 15th with 33 points out of 29 games so theoretically if brighton wins they'll get within one point of burnley but I think that means that then Brighton and Burnley will be really climbing out of this, and it's going to be down the Newcastle form. I think that might be how it goes here. Uh, Newcastle yeah. has three draws and two losses in their last five.
1: Yeah, I don't see it going any other way. It's 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 good. I think that's really in terms of bottom, probably all the way up until maybe like the top seven. You know, I don't. Teams between like maybe the eighth place to really sixteenth are pretty much not really gonna fight either at the top or bottom. So I would say that seventeen eighteen is a fight, and then I I think two to probably two to seven is gonna be a, a good fight toward the end.
0: Definitely be interesting here. So uh Newcastle, you know, uh did draw this last match here. They played uh, against uh, where where is it? Um, oh, I already mentioned it. Aston Villa, yeah. Uh, so Aston Villa not really capitalizing on their gains in hand. Brighton beat Southampton two one, so Brighton got what they needed there. Uh, Leicester smashed Sheffield United five nil, <laughs> and. Arsenal versus Tottenham, uh, game of the weekend, I, I thought. This is a North London derby here. Arsenal win 2-1. to one, uh, But we had some interesting storylines here. You had Son, who had to exit the game in the 19th minute, and Eric Lamella came on. But Eric Lamella <laughs> scores like the goal of the year with his Rabona uh, <laughs> into the back of the net. Yeah, uh, you know how long it took me minute. to
1: realize that he – it took me so long to realize that's how he kicked it. Yeah, like yeah. When I first saw the highlights,
0: you know, people were saying like, oh, uh, he, he did a Rabona. I had to slow it down and like pay attention to it
1: because it was. I thought it was an impressive either way because I was like, I don't, I was like, I sat there. and I watched these games going, man, if only a Liverpool player could do that. I guess that's how I've like started watching some of these games when I watched. It. I was like, that's such a great goal, but that was me thinking he just kicked it off of his right foot. And I was like, that's just impressive. Great placement. And then all of a sudden, I, everyone on Twitter is going, goal of the season, goal of the season. And I was like, I've, I've seen some pretty good ones, but I don't really understand what works. <laughs> then I finally saw it and I was like, that's, and that's not even the first time he's done it for Tottenham. They showed a highlight of him doing it like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, from like outside, almost outside the box. And I was like, that's, I don't know how soccer players do that.
0: Me neither. I've tried. And to keep it like for this one, <coughs> keep it low and on the, on the ground uh, is even better because it really kept it kind of stealth, you know, like where they, you couldn't really see it through everybody.
1: Yeah. Of course then, you know, I know, I'm sure you'll get to it. The red card. That's like the, that's what everyone on uh, Tottenham's Reddit. were like, that's the Eric Lamella experience.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We had Martin Odegaard score in the 44th minute to make it (coughs) one, one.
1: They really deserved that goal. I, if you were watching the game like they I felt like Arsenal were dominating. <clears throat> it's like it wasn't fair they went down.
0: Yeah, pretty uh pretty good game uh for Arsenal. Actually, not not so great for uh <laughs> not so great here for Tottenham. Uh then you do have the penalty. Uh, as well, here in like the 63rd minute or so, which, um, I think it's a pretty clear cut penalty. You know, you see Jose in the game, like wagging his finger, and no, that's not a penalty, but he just kind of, co- like, I get the ball was already off of his, uh, feet at that time, yeah, I guess, but, um, coming in that late is just never, never good.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I think that. I saw early, I saw today, Dale Johnson, I think he said he wouldn't have called that a penalty. Yeah, it's crazy. I, <clears>
0: yeah, <throat> I, when I saw it, I thought instantly. Uh, yeah, that's to, why
1: I was confused, because I think Jose even made comment. He, I feel like he made a comment after the game um, about the refs, and I, I was kind of like, you know, I've seen some bad calls, but I, I guess I don't really see where that one was bad, because it legitimately was so late into him, and he kind of just bowls him over. So I, guess I I thought that would be a foul anywhere on the pitch. Really?
0: Yeah. And, and what people I think sometimes get too involved <clears> with <throat> is oh, like at that point, the play is over, like the ball is away from him. That shouldn't matter. Like if you're that late and it's reckless, it's, it's yeah. going to call it, you know? Uh, Cause like you said, if even if he was anywhere on the pitch and he comes in that late, that's going to be a foul. So it's got to be a foul in the box. Um, yeah, and Lacazette 20. scored that so it made it
1: 2-1 I thought it was a, I, the way the game was played I thought Arsenal winning was probably that was the correct result I, I actually thought they looked really good um, but you know what's really weird with Arsenal and this is not the first time I've seen it Arsenal are really bad when they're one man up mm-hmm. I don't yeah. I don't know what it is I it, it was that Wolves game I think where or, there was a was it the Wolves game? There was a I think it's where... been
0: like that for a while because I remember like watching Arsenal with my dad <laughs> I feel like they get a red card like where the other team gets a red card and they're playing like up a man for like 60 minutes and they like eke out a win or something and you're like yeah, that loved... was kind of crazy
1: Most of the time when a team goes one guy up you almost expect it to be a guarantee like yeah. you're gonna start seeing them dominate and I remember I think watching the last like 15 minutes, I kind of went, I think Tottenham's going to actually tie this. Like I felt like Arsenal had, for some reason, they just can't handle playing one man up, which is definitely a problem. But, I mean, they made it work. But I just thought it was odd that that's the second time I've watched Arsenal this season, a man up and go, are they really the team that has the advantage right now? They're not playing that way.
0: Uh, and then you mentioned it earlier, the Lamella second yellow, <laughs> where he just... I'll do my best to... Uh, break this down here. He's dribbling back towards his defense at the midfield, uh, at the at the edge of the field, and he just throws an elbow at the Arsenal player, hits him in the face, and gets his second yellow. Uh, just absolute stupidity uh,
1: by Lamella. You know, it was, but there was a little bit of acting. You know, and I know yeah. uh, the sad part, and I think this is. It's something that, I, to an extent, I can kind of bring up with some of the Liverpool players, even though you know, they have a propensity, apparently, to dive a lot. It seems like England referees, you have to act a little bit in order to get the call. If you don't act, you just don't, you just don't get the call. Um, and that's something I've noticed with watching the European matches. I've actually thought most of the games in Europe I've watched have been really well-wrapped. And it's because the actual physicality of it, you know, if you get pushed down, that's a foul. Whether or not you acted like you got, you know, shot, which is how sometimes you have to act, I think, in the Premier League. So without having that bit of exuberance to your reaction of getting hit in the face, I, I partially I don't think he would have even gotten a – he wouldn't have even been called unless Odegaard goes down. It was Odegaard, right?
0: Uh, I think so. I, I couldn't really see who it was on the on the video. But what – my whole thing with it is and, and we'll get into that part that you were talking about. When it comes to Lamella, you just got your first yellow card four minutes before this and there's no need to even be throwing elbows. Like I, I understand, no. like, you know, like it's just stupid. It it's just stupid. It's, oh, it's not smart at all. No. Uh you know, whether he goes down easy or not, I'm I'm I mean, to me it looked pretty you know, pretty good in real time. Um, but what you were saying about the English refs—look, this is why the English refs were never really given finals. Uh, and when they were, it was only like Howard Webb, right? Uh, when yeah. it comes to Europe or World Cup, um, and even then, he's he's had some shockers. And uh, in the Champions League, this Dortmund-Sevilla leg two was an English ref, and that had crazy ref decisions in VAR. Decisions. Who was the ref in that one? Uh, it was... Uh, who was it? I have... Let me see if I can find it.
1: I honestly think sometimes that a bit of Liverpool's success in Champions League this year... It, it, I don't even think it has anything to do with the ref calling. I think Liverpool players, with how some of the season's gone, have lost a decent amount of faith in the referees in England. And I think that like something in there mentally when they they don't see a rep from England, I think almost makes them feel better. Which I think is, I, I don't know if obviously that could be just me spouting off conspiracy theories, but like, they play differently and they seem more comfortable and the calls look better. So I, <laughs> I just, I, I think there's to an extent, I think they get a little bit more confident just because of how poor the referees tend to make the games in England right, right now.
0: Maybe I was wrong that it was that match. I'm trying to see. It was definitely one of the Champions League matches. Had oh, you know what it was? It was Anthony Taylor in the PSG Barcelona match. uh, With some of those some of those penalty calls that that they were uh, giving. You know, people were giving him a hard time for, and it was kind of some really bad calls for the. Definitely, I think it was for the PSG one that started off that second leg. Uh, It was kind of a bad dive. Um, But yeah, so it definitely, uh, it seems like a lot of times when there's controversy, even on the European stage, it's with an English rep. So it's kind (laughs) of, uh, you know, kind of a sticking spot there with with everybody that it seems like maybe it's it's on them right uh it's not the it's not the sport really. it's the rep <laughs> um so that uh, that loss to arsenal puts them uh only four points above the gunners and remember like around christmas time they were struggling pretty bad where they were in the relegation zone uh or close to it you know and now, yeah. now they're only two spots above Arsenal, who's in tenth, and only four points clear of them. So, Tottenham, at that point when Arsenal was struggling, was like top of the league. So, kind of a
1: tale of two halves of the <laughs> season for each of these teams. It's going to continue that way. I, I, I don't think anyone besides City have really remained consistent enough to even not think there's going to be some more crazy twists and turns.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like when it comes to Champions League, we're looking at City, United, Leicester, and one of Chelsea and West Ham. Uh, Liverpool can sneak in there. I was going to say, I,
1: yeah. I, you know, I, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, do I think they will make it in from, from the league? I, I don't because I do think there's a lot that needs to happen. But with some of the um, – most of those teams, like West Ham still have to face pretty much everybody – uh, Chelsea have to yeah. play a lot of those top teams. Even Leicester have to play some of those top teams. A lot of these teams are going to be beating up on each other and Liverpool in the last nine games, I think only play Villa and United. Um, I mean, they play Arsenal too, but in terms of teams above Liverpool, they only play United. And that's, I want to say at the end of the season, it's, I think in May. So they might, uh, Leicester.
0: Be- does have city next. Um, but they're at 56 points while Chelsea's at 51 and West Ham's at 48 Liverpool at 46 I, I don't know if I can see Leicester being displaced with the remaining
1: if they did, games. I mean yeah it, it's definitely tough but I if there's a season to see that kind of thing happen I think it's this one I mean 10 points is definitely a lot because that's four games and there's only you know nine games left but if some team and it, I know this doesn't seem unlikely because city, the only team to have done it really this entire season, but if, if, you know, Chelsea and Liverpool go off and win their last nine, 10 games, could I see them displacing like a Lester and a West Ham? I know West Ham are in the top four right now, but if those two teams go on a streak like that, could they, they could easily end up in the top four. I, I don't think it's not possible. Um, Obviously, a lot has to happen though. You actually have to win the games, which is something Liverpool have definitely struggled with, and Chelsea seem to struggle with scoring goals as well. So we'll see yeah. what happens. But I, I, wouldn't shock me. But I think right now you're you're right in terms of it. It's probably between Chelsea and West Ham. Um, Villa don't really look all that threatening right now. Um, they seem to play good defense, but I, I, they with Grealish is out, they're just kind of bland.
0: Yeah, um, they've they've had one win in their last five with two losses, two draws. So Villa yeah is not making. They got three games in hand still for most of these teams, uh, or at least two at times. But uh, you know, with Man City, they have there's thirty games, and Villa has twenty seven. But they haven't been doing anything with those games in hand when we have those catch up matches. No, I, was so. say, uh, I was gonna say
1: that's. I was say most of the and most of these games in hand, I think, are against teams around them. I think Tottenham have like. Tottenham might have Villa and they have and Villa. Everton. Next. I think Everton have, I think Everton game in hand is against Villa. And so, I mean, even Villa's two games in hand are against teams that are actually above them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, there's going to be a lot of craziness here toward the end. And I think it depends on what team out of the, what team out of Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool. I, I think those are really the only three fighting for it. I don't, and the only reason I can see Liverpool is that if, if they remain healthy to what they have right now, and, and there is a chance Jordan Henderson comes back, um, do I see them possibly winning seven, eight, nine games toward the end? I, I do, mainly because of who they play. Um, and I, I personally think they'll end up beating up Villa, because I think they probably have some slight unfinished business with how that first game went. Yeah. Um, United will be a tough one I think Arsenal will be a tough one I think Leeds will be pretty tough just because you know I do think Liverpool will get tons of chances to score but you know Chelsea and Liverpool I think have really good shots at it it but obviously Chelsea has a better because they have that point advantage already
0: yeah I I mentioned this I just did a guest spot over on the final third podcast Uh, if you want to follow them it's at final third show on twitter uh, so, you know, they're having me on for their prediction show. Uh, I was just on there for the predictions, uh, yesterday released today and then tomorrow I'm actually recording a bit on there for their Thursday episode. But, uh, for this, I, you know, they were asking me predictions about Chelsea Atletico and I was, you know, I had to bring up, you know, I'm a Chelsea fan. One of their hosts, Jack is a Chelsea fan and the other one's actually a West Ham fan AJ. So uh that's interesting, but, uh, for me, I'm not very confident in this Chelsea team when it comes to to scoring, you know uh they have defense they've they've sorted out the defense, and earlier this year we were scoring and and you know leaking goals this time it's like complete opposite where we're shutting everybody down, but we're also lacking you know the balls in the back of the net and creativity and movement. All those things. And mm-hmm. f- for me, I'm not so confident they can make the top four. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're they're in a good spot. But really, if if Liverpool just kind of look like them their old selves again. Because, OK, so that's all. So Liverpool, I feel like at this point, is almost like a mental block for some of their strikers and, and wingers up there where they're, <laughs> you know, sometimes like missing chances and just being like, okay but you're getting those chances you know like put them away with Chelsea uh, I almost feel like it's you know just signings that haven't turned out right now with Werner and and Haberts has kind of come on a bit but it's like I I don't have faith in them turning it around as much as I do uh, Liverpool scoring wise Uh, now that doesn't mean that Chelsea's not going to win games they've been on a you know good run of no losses recently so that's that's good. That might get them top four. But uh, I'd be kind of worried about West Ham climbing up there if I was Tuchel. Cool.
1: Uh, West Ham are the one team. For some reason, I, I don't know if it's because I'm not... Some of these teams just haven't been there. I I do think West Ham will start to fault down toward the end. Um, that's where I I would probably personally say Liverpool and Chelsea have the best, op, uh, best chance. Um, I, on the other end, probably think Chelsea between how well their defense has played and consistently they've played compared to Liverpool finally having a center-back pairing of two center-backs who, with the game today, reached the third most minutes played together in terms of Liverpool center-back um, duos for the entire year. I, I, I'm, there's just something about Chelsea where I, I think they're more stable and they have just more talent right now that in the end, that will get them over the edge. Because I I don't see them, a bad game for Chelsea will probably be like a draw toward the end of the season where I think Liverpool could still drop a few games. And I think that's just going to be the big difference. I just think Chelsea have more talent right now and I I don't see it, I don't see that changing. But I do see Liverpool overtaking West Ham. I I would expect Liverpool to end fifth right now, West Ham sixth. Because I just don't, they played really, really well, but I don't know how they're going to handle this down the stretch. You know, they have just so, none of their players are, are, I guess, in a way ready for that, maybe besides Lingard. So I, I'm intrigued to see how they play against the top teams, but I just don't see them doing it.
0: They do have Arsenal next, uh, so we'll see what they can do against. Uh, they're five spots above Arsenal, but we'll see what, what they can do there. Um sh- that's, uh, you know, the, the last thing to really talk about here, I think, just overall when it comes to Premier League is, is Liverpool, who did uh, play today at four o'clock due to the time change uh, we changed earlier over here. And they uh, th- they won one nil, um, kind of stopped their skid of recent uh, two two back to back losses. And that's two wins out of three uh, out of five with three losses um what uh what what was your takeaway from it you know they just eked one out over wolves one nil um wolves had more possession they had more xg they had uh you know two less shots than liverpool but um i didn't get to see this one because i was i was working and then and such. So
1: uh, what was your, your takeaway? Uh, you didn't, miss, uh, you didn't <laughs> miss a very exciting game. So um, I, I don't really know what to, to kind of put toward it. I, I actually think when the season ends, the one thing Klopp's going to regret is not playing center backs at center back over Fabinho and Henderson playing center back because I think that's where everything went downhill was the moment they had to start using them strictly, both of them, when they were playing. Because um, you know, midweek against the Leipzig, that was the first time Fabinho had played, had started a game at CDM. I believe it, they said it was November. Was the last time he had started a game at CDM. And you know, he's a, you know, he's a really good center back, but he's world class at what he does at CDM. And you can almost see the difference it makes between the players behind and in front of them. They, they they've honestly they they play differently, and I think the best part about watching them. Cause even it did happen today in, in a sense where the one thing they'd been missing was consistent goal scoring opportunities. You'd watch them recently and you'd be like, Oh, that's going to be the one shot they get. Or, you know, they, they end up having maybe two or three opportunities and they're not even very good ones on goal. But the last two games since they've made that change and players have come back healthy and Jota is now up top instead of Firmino, who's actually out hurt. Um, they've been getting opportunities where when they miss one, you don't think that's going to be the last one for 10, 15 minutes. You actually think they're going to get one again soon. And so I think with the increased opportunities that they're finding, I do think that's going to help their goal scoring, which is actually why for some reason I, I there's like a weird feeling where I'm like they really could make it to the semifinals and who knows what happens in the Champions League if you make it there because uh, there's plenty of draws that they could get. But I think this Fabinho back into his spot and having two center backs, Phillips and Kabak, playing alongside each other consistently, just being able to do that is something they haven't been able to do all season. They have not been able to have a consistent pairing at the back with somebody at CDM who's an actual CDM. Tiago is not a CDM. Jeannie Wijnaldum's not a CDM. James Milner's not a CDM. These are the guys that were having to play there because of injuries. Um, They're not CDMs. They're, they're supposed to be in the, the midfield actually playing toward the attack, not the defense. So getting to see him at the six, Fabinho-wise, I mean, it, it could really make it to where, you know, they got nine games left. Why not just – they don't have really any pressure, I think, in the league. You know, everyone's kind of already written them off. Why not just go out there, play nine stress-free games in, in a sense? And I felt like that's kind of what they did today with Wolves. They – weren't great it was definitely not a game anyone will put down into the record books as exciting um it was very sloppy um and honestly a very scary moment with patricio if, if you see the game you see there's like 100 8 minutes um patricio got knocked out by cody in like the 87th minute um had to be stretchered off which obviously for wolves fans is scary with everything that happened with jimenez already um in the season but it, it it it's nice to see them get some consistency at the back, and I actually think that's going to be a a big big help for them here at the end. So I that's why I said I, I really wouldn't be shocked if here in May we talk about the fact that they won their last nine games, and you know are in the Champions League semifinals or somehow made the final because the draws they got were were more so advan- advantageous toward them. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, only won like five or six games and get knocked out in the quarterfinals. So it's 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 really weird because you just don't know what you're going to expect. But it seems like they're on a good path right now. When and hopefully that continues. Let's move
0: on to the Champions League here uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, We have uh, games that legs that have finished. Right. So on the tenth, Liverpool wrapped up their. Uh, legs over uh, Leipzig 2-0 in each match so 4-0 on aggregate we had PSG wrap it up against Barcelona 1-1 in the second leg which means a 5-2 victory for PSG and Messi not making it into the next round Porto beat Juventus uh on away goals in what was probably the the on March 9th, which was probably the second leg of the of the tournament, really um, such a good game three two. Juventus won that match, but with the away goals, uh, Porto moves on and actually played down a man since the fifty fourth minute. So and they had to go extra time. So they were playing down a man for quite a while. Really impressive performance for Porto. Uh, That means Ronaldo is not making it into the next round. And also with both of those, that means Sergino Dest and Weston McKinney is not making it into the next round. Dortmund beat Sevilla 5-4 after a 2-2 draw on March 9th. Uh, So those are the four teams that are moving through for sure into the final eight. Liverpool, PSG, Porto, Dortmund, Juventus is really the only one that probably should have moved on that did not when you look at those teams. Um, coming up on the 17th is Munich versus Lazio. Bayern won the first leg four to one. So Bayern should be move on there. Uh, on the 17th as well, we have Chelsea versus Atletico Madrid. Chelsea won the first match 1 0. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Chelsea be at home for that uh, for the next one there. Uh, On March 16th, that's tomorrow. We have Man City versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, City won that one 2-0 in the first leg away from home. So they have two wiggles. And then we have Real Madrid over Atalanta. That's on the 16th as well. It's going to be at Real Madrid, uh, so at the Bernabeu. And we have... They lead that one 1-0 currently over Atalanta. So, what I'm asking you to preview, Matt, is... Do you think Chelsea get through over Atletico Madrid?
1: No, I, I, I very much think Chelsea get through. Um, I feel like I, I've had like that weird feeling where I, I just... Something about Atletico, it still doesn't – the only fear they strike into me is the fact that they play defense so well that I see why they're a pain to play. But having already a 1-0 lead away against them, I think, is such a huge benefit to Chelsea. And and Chelsea's defense has honestly been really, really good. Um, So to have to have Atletico go out and attack, I just think is – it's something that I don't think they're going to be ready for. Uh, so I, I really wouldn't expect in terms of the second leg i w- I would expect either a nil nil or a one nil Chelsea win, because um, I, I just don't see them going out there and, and getting a goal between Chelsea's defense and how they play attack wise. Watching them against Chelsea the first time i it was the same team you know that I watched face Liverpool last year, and yeah, Liverpool lost, but if you really, really look at both of those games the goals weren't exactly from anything other than either a free kick slash corner kick and goalkeeper mistakes. If you can make sure you don't do either one of those, I just don't see how you give up a goal to them because they don't have a team built really. It seems, especially against these other teams, their style just doesn't work. I don't feel like their style works really well in Europe. I know it works great for them in this, uh, in La Liga. Um, But I really feel like La Liga is the only league where it's just... I wouldn't even say it's physical. It's just slow. It feels very slow-moving. And I I just don't think you get that in the other leagues, especially Premier League. I think Premier League and Bundesliga are two of the fastest leagues, even with all the teams that sit back. Um, Things can happen in the blink of an eye, and I just don't see it with Atletico. So I I think Chelsea gets through, and I don't even think it's that close. I I don't think... As a Chelsea fan, you'll watch it and be super concerned. I, I just think they go through fairly easily, and yeah, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see how to go being a threat.
0: So, uh, like I just mentioned before, I was on the final third podcast with AJ and Jack. They asked me this question. I said, or well, they predict, you know, they had me predict the match with a score line, and I said, Atletico move on 2 0. That's what I actually have here. Um,
1: have some faith. I, I
0: can't. I don't think <laughs> we'll make a right. You know, Atletico is just so dangerous when they want to come out and play, and they're going to have to come out and play. So. Uh, especially with the away goal to Chelsea there. So I feel like they're going to have to come out and do something. they still have Luis Juarez, you know, they, they're still a dangerous team. And I, uh, you know, that guy has no pun intended when I originally was thinking this, but now I'm going to have to say pun intended, I guess, <laughs> you know, it's really bit us before in the butt. <laughs> um, <laughs> so
1: Jeez. yeah,
0: little, little worried about, this matchup obviously the defense for Chelsea as we've been saying was great but if let's say Atleti grab an early goal 1-0 I don't know if Chelsea has what it takes to score and then at that point Atletico is going to be just probably overwhelming us to get another away goal um, and and wrap it up Um, or at least take it extra Uh, time so
1: yeah I mean it it could I there's just something about the England teams this year I know I know Leicester got knocked out and United got got sent down to Europe uh, Europa but I there's some the England teams sometimes look to be just a slight step ahead in terms of skill and just in-game ability to to make something happen and they uh, they look slightly dominant it's it's kind of the reason why if as long as Liverpool don't draw you know really City or Bayern, because I do think Bayern's on a bit of a different level um, if they don't get City, Chelsea, or Bayern, I, I don't see how they don't make it through into the next round because I just think, and it's the same really for Chelsea too, as long as Chelsea don't get, you know, Bayern or City. And, I, you know, City, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool would be probably one of the better matchups in terms of the uh, Champions League quarterfinals if it happens. I, I don't see how you could possibly, you could legitimately get three English teams into the semifinals if the draws go well enough and I, it really wouldn't shock me to see it be those 3 plus Bayern if if they don't have to play each other in the quarterfinals.
0: Yeah, that would be uh you know, I, I if, if Chelsea do wouldn't move on Would be exciting. On, <laughs> uh, if Chelsea do move on, uh you know, we'll see. Uh I I think Madrid's going to move on against Atalanta. I think City is going to move on obviously. So, if that's the case, let's let's break this down. We have Liverpool PSG, Porto, Dortmund, Munich, Chelsea, City, Madrid. That's a pretty strong final eight. Um, if you're Chelsea, you're hoping for a Porto draw there. <laughs> um, I think,
1: well, I, I, in a sense, I think any of the, the England teams, I, I actually no, don't, don't consider City. Because I think if you're City, the one team you don't want to draw is Bayern. Because yeah. I think that's, that's the toughest one. I think Bayern's the same way. I think the other two, Liverpool, Chelsea, I as long as you don't get City or Bayern, you know... Well, like oh, I, I don't said, know. Liverpool... PSG,
0: I, I'd be worried about that, too. I, the only team I would want to face is Porto and Madrid and Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund, because they've been struggling in the league, so I feel like... You know, and they struggled with Sevilla there with, with the four goals. Chelsea was able to beat Sevilla in, in the other matches, um, so... For me, yeah, I would want to face Porto, Dortmund, or Real Madrid just because Madrid's kind of always banged up, but they've been on a good run of form. Here's the thing when you're in the Champions League and gets to the final eight, you know, it's going to be a tough game, really. Oh, yeah. No matter what. So uh, I
1: think they don't, when they do the draw on Friday, don't you know who you'd be facing in the semifinals, too?
0: I think I so. There's,
1: um,
0: I don't know if that can sometimes seems to change in the way that, like, I think when I first started watching, they had to do multiple draws, but then I think after a while they changed it to the other way. So I guess we'll find out. Um, I would say, I mean, if
1: change. you get to the final, I, I think anybody could win the final. Like even if it was, oh Chelsea, yeah, yeah, oh Chelsea, yeah. Bayern, I mean, 2012,
0: like you, <laughs> 2012 yeah. has me believing in that for Bayern Chelsea
1: in Munich. That was in Munich as well, and Chelsea <laughs> pulled that out. So, so yeah. I mean, if you if, if you can get to the final, I, I mean that that's the biggest thing, but. Or even last year with the
0: one legs. It's just when it's two legs, usually the best team makes it through, unfortunately. yeah.
1: I I think England has, honestly, some of the – really the best teams in all of European football. And it just – between the play style and, you know, I I think against Dortmund, I think Liverpool and Chelsea would actually play really, really well. I actually don't see how they – I don't think Dortmund could beat either of them. Porto, obviously that's probably everyone – in a way I think Porto is everyone's favorite draw because <laughs> yeah, I think everybody, yeah. um, which is weird. Cause yeah, like you mentioned, they beat Juventus. So it's not exactly easy. Yeah. Um, but you
0: has been on a weird uh, season.
1: Well, that's where that's, that's honestly a little bit where um, PSG and my thoughts kind of go, I PSG hasn't exactly had, you know, an outstanding season. They have struggled in the league, similar to some of these other teams. And I, yeah, I know they have Mbappe and Neymar, but other than that, I, I kind of look at their team and go, "Why can't a team like Liverpool or Chelsea beat them? They have similarly talented players to an extent. They don't have world superstars. Um, Mbappe, and like,
0: Neymar, world superstars.
1: Yeah, I would say they don't have like Mbappe and, and Neymar type of, of stars. But other than that, around them, I, I just don't. I don't personally see it. I don't think Barcelona are. The four- to- one win against Barcelona, I don't think was exactly who PSG are. I just think Barcelona are definitely not a team that should be competing in this in you know, a Champions League quarterfinal semifinal. Um, so I, it doesn't shock me that PSG played so well, but I think against majority of the teams in the quarterfinals, I would probably put as favorites over PSG too. I will I say so.
0: though, I will say though, Barça and Madrid are on some good runs of forms in La Liga right now. Remember that big gap between Atletico and Barcelona? It's very small now, isn't it? It is four points, fifty-nine points for Barça. Atletico have sixty-three, Madrid have fifty-seven. So it is getting really tight there. And uh, you know, imagine every- Barcelona win. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> I think if they do win, I think Messi stays. I mean, because they yeah, just got say, like the too. best they got, you know, they voted the club president and it's the same guy that was there for like their best stretch of time that I could see him staying in all honesty.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I, yeah, as much as Logan will hate to hear this, I don't think Messi is going anywhere, but I also think if I'm a city fan, I'd rather see like a Halan or yeah.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't want to say like an
1: Mbappe on. just cause Messi's is a great name and obviously he's a fantastic player, but I mean you could get five, six, seven of the best years of Holan's career instead of getting, you know, two years at the very end of Messi's. I, I I just don't see Messi going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Um so let's talk uh let's let's just preview the matches for the Premier League. Friday, not a lot this weekend actually. Friday we have Fulham versus Leeds at four PM. We have uh, Brighton versus Newcastle on Saturday, and on Sunday we have West Ham versus Arsenal and Aston Villa, Tottenham. Uh, That's a good couple games. Yeah, there's FA Cup matches I believe this weekend. So, uh, who do you got in West Ham Arsenal here?
1: Uh, I'm gonna stick with Arsenal. I actually I like how they've played, and I. Something about it. Arsenal seems like a team that's a, kind of getting some thrill out of spoiling um, some of the other London teams. So I, I, I think they actually go out there and get a win. I, I, I do like some of their players. Uh, you know, Odegaard's played really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Emil Smith Rose played really well. I don't really know what's going on with Arteta and some of the attitude problems because I know he like benched Aubameyang or yeah. something. So I, I am. He also got like, stuck
0: in traffic or something. Too. <laughs>
1: So like I, I don't know how much of a handle Arteta has on some of the situations, but they've played really well, and I, I think they're, they're kind of ready to play a bit of a spoiler role, especially for their you know, London rivals. Um, so I, I think they go out there and get a win. Uh, Scoreline? Um, I'm going to say 2-1. That's what Arsenal.
0: I have. I have 2-1, but I have it to West Ham.
1: Start making decisions off of what you want from Chelsea. You want <laughs> you want Arsenal to win. Uh,
0: I don't know. I mean, I I you know West Ham is just fun. That would be uh, that'd be interesting. Um, mm. go scorched earth here. Uh, for FA Cup we have AFC Bournemouth versus Southampton at eight fifteen, and we have Everton versus Man City at one thirty. Then on Sunday we have Chelsea versus Sheffield United. And Leicester versus Manchester United, so Ooh. some good matchups there as well. Um,
1: say Liverpool don't play again until April fourth
0: after today. You need it. You need that rest. <laughs> uh, Leicester, Leicester, I predicted on the final third as having a three-one victory over United. So I went, uh, I went way wild on that one. We'll see how that goes. I'm. Uh, bless you. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah so uh, yeah that that's about it we have so many uh so many games coming up here not as many games but you know so many competitions going on this week is really what it is
1: I'd say yeah uh, and then they canceled um i don't even know what it's called but i know a lot of the brazilian and like you know the south american players were gonna going to be yeah yeah and they so that's another that's another reason why they have that big, long international break. It'd be great for Liverpool. Yeah. By the See time they start crazy? playing, Major League Baseball will be back. <laughs> yeah, when is that? When's opening day? It's got to be late, late March, early April, I would yeah, think. Yeah, I think
0: it's early April this year. Um, let's, let's, let's check it. Uh, we are now a baseball podcast. April 1st
1: is that a joke or is it actually april
0: 1st it is april 1st yeah (laughs) um i don't know what who starts you know what who's playing that day but that is the official opening day so you know not every team starts playing on the same day so we'll see um like i wonder when orioles opening day is because they're going to be able to have fifty percent fans. Oh, they start on, on. Uh, they start on April first. Cool.
1: Go out to the game. Go to Texas. Hang out with all forty forty thousand of our friends. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, we have uh, actually they're going to have. Oops, they're going to have twenty five percent fans for opening day. um that's too bad. And that's they're going to open up on April eighth here in Baltimore, but April 1st in Boston. So,
1: um, are did you see that they're looking at pushing back the last few weeks? Not maybe not pushing back, but slightly altering the last couple of weeks of the premier league season. Yeah. So they have the fans, fans
0: or whatever. Yeah. Like I think they were shifting some of the games to midweek games instead of weekends. So they could have fans. that
1: will be really, I really hope it works.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I hope
1: they get to stick that. Cause I know, I mean, obviously we don't get to see we're not over in England, but I know how big of a deal, especially for how all the lockdowns they've been going through.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, they've played almost what one and a half seasons without fans.
1: I know that's, it's some of these teams
0: that need the money
1: uh, and the fans Liverpool. I I think honestly, I I don't think some of this stuff happens this year. If Liverpool have fans.
0: Oh yeah, no, definitely. They can definitely will the way, you know, will the, um, you know, will the team, you know, it's
1: going to be interesting for some teams. So like, you know Sheffield. It's obviously really sad for their fans because the last time they got to be in the stadium was the last time that they were in the Premier League. Because I mean, I can think we can pretty much say they're getting relegated. Yeah, and it's like kind of interesting for a team like Norwich who look on pace to win the the championship. To where when they were last in the uh, fans were last in the stands, they were basically in Sheffield's position. And then the next time fans can get into the stands, they'll be back in the Premier League with you know a brand new mindset and you know brand new opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean let's take a look at it real quick. Norwich 79 points out of 36 matches. Um Watford in second with 69 points. So there's a 10 point gap between first and second there.
1: And it's two teams that just went down.
0: Yeah. Swansea's in third with 69 points. Nice. Brentford in fourth with 66 points. Are they a reading game? Do they have a game in hand? Yeah, both of those. Swansea, Swansea, and Brentford both have thirty-five points.
1: So uh, thirty-five games. (laughs) Last time I looked, I thought um, Brentford were in second. Last time I looked at that, so I was like, I followed them on Twitter, and I was like, I don't. I mean, really, if
0: Swansea wins, they'll or draws, they'll leapfrog Watford to second. Um, Brentford would need a win to leapfrog to second. Uh, Redding's in fifth with sixty-one points, and rounding out the playoffs is Barnsley
1: with Ooh. 61
0: points. They came out of nowhere. They had like seven straight victories at one point here and Daryl DK, who came over from Orlando, has had three goals for them. He's been doing pretty well for them. Uh, is he
1: supposed to come is he supposed to come back to Orlando? Yes, yes he is. Is it when the season starts? I guess I don't. Uh, uh he's going he's, he's
0: going to miss the beginning of the MLS season. Um he's going to come back in the a, after the after the championship season.
1: Oh, okay. He seems like he's been a huge difference maker.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he has, uh, for whatever reason, they needed. a strike- They were very low down on the uh, table before, I believe. Um, they were kind of like more middle of the pack and then kind of tore it up when they went on that run.
1: Future Liverpool striker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Orlando turned down a $10 million offer for him uh, from a top team in the Premier League.
1: I know so, it's not Liverpool. That's a lot of money without making a sale. Yeah, apparently they they can't
0: 20% sell-on clause and all that kind of stuff was apparently part of it. But uh, Logan and I actually do a deep dive into would you sell uh, Daryl DK or is he going to come back uh, is kind of the question we asked on Twitter. We had some fan responses of, do you think DK finishes out the season in Orlando? And um it was interesting, we both actually took a different side to that without knowing that we were taking different sides. And that episode's coming out on Wednesday with that talk in there. So if people are interested, that's going to be on the Stateside Soccer Show, which is also on the same feed that you're listening to this. So we made it easy for you. Um, but yeah, that about wraps us up here. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Stop it Show, Facebook.com slash Stop it's Time Soccer Show email us stoppage time show at gmail.com or Instagram Stoppage time soccer show. Uh, that that's it. So we'll catch you all next time where we break down those little, you know, champions league matches that happen, the little, uh, FA cup matches and the, the few premier league matches we have this weekend. Kane has stolen it to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.